Hey there, I'm James McKinvan. And I'm Dagobert Renouf. And you're listening to This Indie Life. This Indie Life follows the journey of two indie hackers as we navigate the good, bad and ugly, attempting to turn our indie hacker dreams into reality. Each week, you can tune in to see what progress we've made to achieve those dreams. Dago runs a logo-generated business called Logology and a Twitter course called Dominate Twitter. I run a podcast production business called Poppanda and I'm trying to grow my leather wallet side project, Whitstable Craft Co. Don't forget, we're on YouTube now and you can find that in the first link in the show notes. Now, in this episode... Dago gets himself into debt, only works 19 hours in a week, and enjoys using AI. I don't know if we're ever going to get the old Dago back. Meanwhile, I managed to publish an episode of Indie Bites with my Leatherman, increase my prices despite my reservations, I'm about to hit a big milestone for the month. Let's get into it. People are missing you on Twitter. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw a few people like say, oh, I miss him. Like, uh, First of all, I love it when I see that, obviously. I'm like, oh shit, like, I really connected with people, and... And I miss them too. Like I miss people. I miss Twitter. I miss like I miss like hanging out and this vibe. But there's also something is like, because like this summer I took a break from Twitter, like a long one, like four weeks. And when I came back, a lot of people had left. And then I sent DM to people and they told me, oh, you know, when you left, it was boring, so I left too. I feel like kind of proud, and at the same time, I'm like, shit, it's too much on my shoulders. Like just keep using Twitter, guys. Like I, I feel like if I, and like because it puts pressure on me. Because like if I don't tweet for too long then people just stop going to Twitter entirely. And when I come back, they don't see my stuff because they're not on Twitter anymore. Yeah. And I'm actually losing some of my audience because, and that's, and that's very scary to me. I can't imagine it's that many people though. No, it's, but like, if it's like yeah. huge fans who like interact with my content a lot, it has a big impact. Yeah, me. fair enough. Did, did you see the guy that's doing a meme a day until you come back? Yeah, I love that. I thought it was awesome that someone was taking the, the torch from me and like, you know, People need the memes, I think. So what, what, what have you been doing? You know, the, the funny thing is I take it a bit easier. I think I work less. I haven't done a huge week. Like at the time of recording, it's like end of day number four of the week. And I only did 19 hours. So it's low oh, wow. for me. Low for me. Low, last week total, I did more. I did 40. But the week before that, I did 19 total. What have so, you been doing with all your time? I'm kind of like, you know, relaxing and meditating and thinking of what's next. So I spend a lot of time. Okay. Today, for example, I'm organizing tweets and like all the ideas I had because I want new ideas. And because, you know, I'm so bored. And, th- and like a couple hours ago, I realized something because, you know, I'm still selling courses, sold four courses today and two logos. And this month almost made 2K with logos already and 4Ks with the course without tweeting, without being active just relaxing so fuck i realized i could literally just tweet and that would be enough to make a living a, li- a living i was wondering about this because I, I didn't know what would happen after the launch had happened and then now you're off twitter would the sales have just sort of dropped so the off? fact that i'm off twitter the sales are lower obviously but i could be way higher because i but I know because I've had experience with Logology for one and a half years already that when I come back, it's going to go back up. And so now I'm just at this amazing place where I could just spend my time tweeting and not do anything else with my life and we would make good money. I was thinking about all that and then realizing, basically relaxing a bit because fuck, like I can. I finally can relax a bit. We are planning the move. This morning we went and got financing for the car. So, Dude, good work. 
Yeah, so I'm going to be in debt like you now. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're going to pay 236 euros every month oh, for the car. That's, that's child's play debt. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. You're, you're, I'm a child next to you, but that's the first time I'm in debt in my life. Dude, that's scary. That's, I need to sell three courses per month to, to, to make that. So, I mean, five, because then you have the, taxes. It's a slippery slope because that's how I rationalize some of the debt that I get in. It's like, oh, oh it's just it's just a couple more edits. So welcome to debt land. It's only downhill from here. But th that's like a really fair price to pay for a car. I remember my first finance deal was for a Ford Fiesta ST and it was £300 a month. And that almost crippled me because I wasn't earning enough to afford that much. Yeah. That's cool. What car did you I'm go for? Toyota Yaris. Yeah. A hybrid. Yeah, I love Toyotas. Because it's, I love how like they have all the equipment. Like even like with at the low cost version, you have you know the CarPlay thing, you have you know video when you go reverse, you have all these fancy things. Yet it's not, it's pretty affordable and it's hybrid, so which I like. One thing I'm noticing is you, you've you've turned into me. You're working 19 hours a week and you're now in debt. Oh shit! You're right. I'm in debt. You're I'm working <laughs> little. Shit. Be careful. <laughs> I know it's mean, but like I'm even gaining weight now. I'm gaining <laughs> weight, and I'm like, sorry, dude, but that's true. I'm gaining weight. Shit, you're right. I'm gaining weight. I'm in depth. So you you've still taking your break from Twitter. You're meditating. You're working less. You've got your car. You're in debt. What else have you been doing on your time off? Yeah, no, like the big thing I've been doing is I'm working on Logology too. And so with Lucy, we started looking into AI. Because there was all this buzz about AI-generated logos. So, you know, mm. we spent some money on DALI, on Midjourney, and trying some things. And it's fun. It's very fun. And, but, like, Lucy is very good at killing my fun. Because, like, she's a design <laughs> expert. You know, she knows what looks good. And she knows what looks bad. And so, no matter how good I thought my prompt was, no matter how good I think the result looked, logo-wise, she was like, uh, no, it's shit. You know, and I was like, dude, it's like way better than any kind of AI logos we've seen. It's like amazing. It could be sold like for a lot of money. And she's like, yeah, no, but like this line doesn't look good. It's not good. You know, like, and so it was a bit depressing for me. But at the same time, I noticed that it's just a buzz thing. Like AI is cool. And, you know, I'm, and I'm keeping my eye on it and we are studying it because you never know. But I realize how I don't like to build products like this. I don't want to build a product because, oh, AI is cool. It's not yeah. my way of building products. So after a few days doing that, I went back to what are people's problems? And let me tell you, so I asked in a few forums, I asked on Indie Hackers, on Product Hunt, I asked on Reddit, a few places, what is your main problem with design related to your startup? Like, like graphic visual designs and brand design and all that. And, you know, m nobody talks about logos. Nobody gives a shit about getting an AI logo. It's not, it's not the problem they have. Like startup founders aren't like, oh, yeah, I need, an, I need a good logo. Like it's like a very small problem. So focusing on problem and the pain and listing all these. And so very excited because now we found like the real problem. And the real problem is like confidence and expertise in design. Like the main thing people say is I don't know shit about design. I know I suck, but I don't know how to solve it. How are you thinking of baking that into the product? Uh, I, it's not clear yet. It's not clear yet. Lucy yesterday had a genius idea. I'm a bit scared of sharing it, but at the same time, I have no idea how to build it. So 
might as well share it. <laughs> and she and she said, we should do Grammarly for design. So basically, you mm. put a design, and the thing tells you, oh, this spacing is wrong. This color isn't going well with this color. Click on the button, and then it fixes it, and it looks awesome. I was like, shit, this is what people need. But I have no idea how to build it, and I don't want to. I probably don't want to spend time building it because it's like time sink. So we're going to start with a s simpler solution, probably based around basically a shit ton of templates, <laughs> but like that get automatically configured and prepared with advice too, not just templates, yeah. also advice. And I think it's going to be you know good enough to start. Do you do like design audits because that Grammarly thing? Instead of doing it as software, Lucy could actually take a look at people's design and tell them where they yeah but like that service we want to automate you know, like logology oh, course, is automated yeah. like logology is automated so i'm sure it would work like it's already working because some people do like i review your landing page in 48 hours that's kind of the yeah. same thing you can do the same with design i know this would be a successful service i'm pretty sure it would be because i know the customers i know the market it's just that you can make a shit ton of money with that i think it's just that it's boring. I, I want to build something automated. I want to build a tool. I want to have something where like that, where like, like right now I can take a break and it still makes money. You know, like this guy who did uh, Design Joy. And it's amazing. He was making a shit ton of money, but he was basically just a very well-paid freelance. <laughs> and no, that's it. Like, that's basically it. No, it's true. It's that true. And, and that's amazing. But like, that's not my goal. That's not my, like, because we, we could have done that with Logology like three years ago. We could have done expensive, you know, custom design, but even though we have some requests, we most of the time say no because like it's not fun. Like if, if I wanted to be a freelance, I would have stayed a freelance. I want to build products and have automated stuff. So yeah, looking for ways to automate it with Logology and I think we're going to succeed. And also I'm confident because now that I had success with my course, I know how to write good landing pages and I'm already excited to to write that and build a product that goes alongside it and hopefully get Logology from, you know, basically make it two or three times more profitable for the same number of traffic. That would be awesome. When do you want to launch it? When are these changes happening for you? So the problem is uh, the vision we have is very ambitious and I know it's a trap. You know, it's always a trap to build something too big. You know, we all know this. If you spend years working on it and you launch... Uh, and it fails, you just wasted time. And at the same time, I was ambitious with my Twitter course, managed to do it in five months, and in the end, very successful. And now it's word of mouth, it's selling itself because it's quality. So that's one of my reflections right now is how do you find a balance? Because like, being like, creating something impressive, something that's like, make people go, whoa, shit which is the case with my course. It's better than if you do it in a fucking weekend, you know. So the goal would be to launch it in five months because basically if we, if we do this right, we need to build a lot of UI kind of templated designs, which we don't have. If we could make it in June, that, that's my goal. Like beyond that, we're going to start getting depressed. And before that, probably not going to be able to finish what we want to create. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I was thinking people might be screaming down their phones at the moment about AI and saying, Dagger, you need to embrace AI. And it's good that you <laughs> dug into it and got excited by it. And for those that might be listening for the first time, Dagger works on Logology with his other half, Lucy. And when she's like pointing out the 
errors in or or the the stuff wrong with whatever AI is creating. Is there a world where that can be used as inspiration? Because a lot of people might think that that's like a good use case of it for you, where the logos still are handcrafted, but it can use for that inspiration. Yeah, so we, we had an idea about that because uh, right now when you go on Logology, the, most of the packages, like the $100 packages, you get a license. So you cannot trademark it. It's not like a unique design made for you. It's just from our catalog. You don't own it fully. You're just like, you have a license and you can use it. And then if you want to later get a unique version, trademark it and all that, you can come back and then Lucy is going to design a specific version just for you. And we were thinking with AI, we could make that way more easy. We could easily, we would need basically a system where Lucy can generate hundreds of variants of our existing logos because that's what we're doing. We're inputting our existing logos and the AI is generating variants in different styles. That's what we try to do. And it's working yeah. quite well. Not good enough to be... F- of the shelf, but almost. So we were thinking what we could do is I could create a system where she just generates tons of variations of her logos, picks like the 10 best ones that she likes, and then add a small note next to it, like what needs to change? What's the small fix that's needed? And then send it to some virtual assistant somewhere who just does the change and uploads the file on our website. And then we sell it for like $500, a unique version just for you, exclusive logo. And we thought that could be good. You know, so that's something we might do. It's your time, James. Go, go, go. You only have 22 minutes. So I finally, finally got over my mental blocker to publishing Indie Bikes. It, 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 I've not published an episode since the end of November. And I look back at last year. I did the exact same thing. Stopped at the end of November. Oh. Didn't publish in December. And it was sort of mid-jam before I posted another one. So that happened. Finally published an episode. It's with my leather man, who has been elusive for people who have been following along the leather journey my leather man built up a leather supply business and recorded an episode with him in his workshop i actually saw him today he came down to canterbury because i'm giving him a microphone because we're starting a leathercraft podcast wow crazy news yeah well i i don't know if any indie people want to listen to a leathercraft podcast it's completely different to like with the one it's i can sort of talk about it to indies with leathercraft it's completely different so i need to build a fresh audience for it however there are not very many good crafting podcasts out there at the moment so i'm i'm co-hosting with him we're doing an interview it's going to fill a gap and there are a ton of crafters out there that want this type of content that just don't have anything that's serving them right now so you can go after etsy creators crowd and stuff like this exactly and like when you're crafting it's a lot of time where you're just making stuff and you can't like watch films so you have background music whatever so if you have a specific podcast to listen to i think it can work quite well and my leather man jared who you'll listen to on the pod is really good engaging chap and knows a ton about leather i love it that you start doing pods out of passion more you have like one big client bringing money and then passion pods and then the wallets yeah this is definitely a passion pod indie bites has been I, I, I was having a chat with someone. It's It definitely feels like more of a job at the moment. I don't have as much love for it. I don't know what it's going to take for that love to come back. 
but I still want to publish it consistently because I've got a really good thing going with it. There's a lot of people that tune in to listen to Indie Bites. It's still a very good high quality show. I still get to meet great people, but I think I need like a massive guest or something that can really like fire some energy into me about it. I had Sean Puri from My First Million. It's a, like the most popular pod at the moment. Reply to one of my tweets and follow me on Twitter. And I was like, this is my time. This is my chance. I'm going to try and see if he wants to come on. And so I shot, I sh- shoot, shot my shot, shooted my shot. And like got everyone to chime in and say, yeah, James got a great pod. You should come on, Sean. And he didn't reply. So we'll see. Maybe it's, it's still going to happen. I'm very grateful for Twitter at the moment because I think everything that's happened recently with the wallets has all been through Twitter and when we publish this podcast I get tons of DMs and messages from people who have listened to the show and I just want to give a shout out to a few people who after listening to the last episode about me talking about my habits and wanting to lose weight even with the money stuff they send me DMs give me their experiences and send me tons of advice and I've had some really in-depth conversations Sam from Down Under he's been really helpful like sharing his experiences with mental health and health and fitness and stuff that's worked for him like really genuinely kind advice and then Daniel today has been sending me some amazing messages and I'm just really grateful for it like just through people listening to this podcast and just helping a stranger that's what I love about Twitter too like it's it's like we're all alone like you're alone in your little town making wallets (laughs) and I'm alone in my French town not one single indie hiker in sight and except my wife and then we're like like we're a community we're like hundreds there's mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of us now connected i don't know it's a superpower i think that's why there's so many indies too it's like because of social media now you can connect with other people because else you just feel weird and you don't go for it because you yeah. how, how are you going to go for it if nobody if, if you're alone like when when you're together with other people it's way more motivating crazy it's definitely the kindest most loving community i've been in and i've got my best lifelong friends through indie hacking through ramen club and indie indie beers Mm. meetup that i do like uh, on the note of people being generous and kind and friendly i want to give another shout out to james sowers who has been a client of mine but he's just so lovely like so nice and is so understanding of my situation and it's people like this when I'm feeling down and struggling with things that makes me realize it's all going to be fine you've got people here that are supporting you and just wanted to express some more gratitude to people like that I, I can't wait till I'm in a much better position financially and with experience that I can help people that have been in my position that I'm in now and it's nice seeing what other people are doing to help me out. Arvid Carl's another one who's just so kind and lovely and helpful. Yeah, yeah. These sorts of people, I want to replicate what they're doing to others who might have been in my position. On the wallet side, it's been another pretty exciting week, to be honest, because after much thought about it, after much pushback, after as many people as possible telling me, I raised the prices. They are now oh, wow. very profitable. What's what's the change in profitability? I, w- I wouldn't know percentage, but I've raised the prices basically forty pound across the board. So oh, instead shit. of them being for fifty pound, they're now ninety. And the reason I chose this price is because it then gives me some breathing room on the wallets that if something goes wrong or or if I need to make a big leather order, I've just got that breathing room. I'm just like selling them for such tiny margins at the moment. They're at about. 
70-80% now, which is wow. much, much nicer. And also, I wanted the perception of value to be higher. Yeah, yeah, because like, I'm on the website right now and I'm like, shit, I want another one even more now because it's more expensive. Exactly. It feels more premium. And I'm shocked it took me so long to do this because I was worried. The raising prices is a scary thing to do. Yeah, it is. Very actually, cute. I fully believe in the value of these wallets. They are sublime quality. I put my heart and soul into yeah, every yeah, yeah. single I mean, one. I use the best leather in the business. And when I'm competing with companies like Mulberry or Hugo Boss or Tommy Hilfiger, who are selling their card holders for £100 plus, I'm thinking my quality is far superior why are they cheaper and i wonder if other people have the um, same question so you, if i'm competing in that market i need to be <laughs> valued at that market right do you have like new picks on the site because it seems like it's new picks like i see lots of new colors yeah dude because it looks so sexy now like it used to be like three <laughs> brown wallets and i was like one red one blue one orange so fucking hot wow. yeah so i finally put new pictures up i've been meaning to do that for about a year i haven't updated them since because now the so wallets cool. have the logo in them and i was sort of scared of doing them but actually it was kind of quick to do i did them in an evening and where i've been getting all the new leathers from the leather man i've been creating new designs and what i call these one-off ones so if you look at all of these they're just different and creative and unique and i've gone into each listing and there's a little bit about each leather that you're getting there's stuff from italy from tuscany there's stuff from the us i've combined some of them and they're still these high quality card holders and all it took was just an evening of setting up my camera, setting up my lighting and start taking some photos. Good fucking pictures. Like it looks it looks as professional as it can be. Perfect. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That I just do this in in my little house, my little room with my little cats. So yeah, raised the prices, updated the updated the website with the new pictures and I checked my sales for the month. I'm approaching one thousand pound in sales. Um, yes, it may have even I'm waiting for you to stabilize 1K, so I'm so happy. 1, Mate, I, I, I was really worried that after December, and yeah, I was no, talking no, no, about no. this, that it would go no. down. I have been way more active on Twitter about the wallets, and I think a lot of those sales have come through there. Yeah, I see you on Twitter a lot. I'm really enjoying it. I'm spending a lot of time doing the wallets. So I want to share with people part of the yeah, process. And it's exactly. lovely because people are getting involved. People are enjoying it. I went to the pub yesterday and you did my tweet today. I basically was in a group and then I realized that everyone had a Whitstable Craft Co. wallet. And it was just yeah. this weird, awesome feeling that I've made these wallets and now these people carry around with them every day. So that was a cool feeling. And knowing that the first month of the year that I thought would be the biggest drop-off. I'm now approaching a £1,000 in sales. Great. What can I do next month? What can I do the month after? Yeah. How quickly can I get that to that 10K a month goal that I think I can get to? Hey, you got a lot of testimonials on Twitter, don't you? Like a lot of people saying it's awesome. Yeah, right. it's, Cause I'm it's like second on, on my list to do to add some testimonials because some people have said some really 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 lovely things yeah because i'm thinking on your landing page that's the only thing missing is at the bottom well I, absolutely let's keep me accountable to this because i do want them on the site you're the second person that says i need to get some of these on the site it should be simple to do i'll have that done by next week because i've got loads of them and it should be simple to just add a few yeah 
Side note, I haven't put testimonials on the Dominate Twitter site, even though I have more than 200. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's funny. Yeah, You've you got to get them on there too then, Dago. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. So with the wallets, my next step after adding testimonials is getting content out. The shorts content that I've been talking about for two months that I haven't done yet. I finally shot some this week. I'm going to start pumping that out. I want to do one every day for the next like 60 days. It's not going to be like I'm shooting and making the videos every day. I'm going to like batch them, shoot them all on a Monday and post them throughout the week. Because if yeah. you want to do short form right, you can't like sort of dabbling and out you've got to be consistent with it i mean one a day is like n not actually enough for some of these sites so i want to get on with doing that and just see what happens if i do it consistently because earlier last year i did every day for two weeks and i had some videos that did really well i didn't get any sales through yeah. but that was just two weeks of trying if i can do two three months of trying very interested to see but if i don't do yeah. it i'll never know so and it always works it always works like if you'll just be consistent consistent with the social media you post every day, except if you're like really incapable of learning from your mistakes, you can only grow. Cool, man. Well, let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Indie Life. Hope you enjoyed the chat between me and Dagobert here. If you've got any questions or feedback, feel free to send us a message on Twitter. Our handle is at IndieLifePod. I'll pop a link in the show notes for you. And if you want to watch us instead of a listen, a reminder that the pod is on YouTube now. That's all from me. Stay indie. James out.